Despite what you may think, gap years are not all about travel. There are so many things that young people are doing on their gap years that are developmental, that are exciting, and that are giving them new skills that they are going to leverage in their lives moving forward. So if you're planning a gap year, this is definitely a listen for you. As long as you're not planning to travel for the entire 12 months, this podcast will provide you with some tips and tricks and things to think about as you plan a well-rounded gap year. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast, where we explore the who, what, where, when, and why of gap years. It's real people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. I hear all the time when I'm talking to people at different fairs is, oh, I'm not on a gap year. I'm just working for the year. Or I'm not on a gap year. I'm not traveling. And it's one of my biggest pet peeves because I don't think people really realize that so many people out there take very meaningful gap years and they don't spend the majority of the time traveling. So I think it's really important that we have this conversation about what does it look like to have a non-travel gap year. And I'm really excited to bring this episode to you with some really tangible ways to structure your year and to think about all of the different ways that you can engage in your community and you can leverage your time off. So in the instance where you are unable to travel, that doesn't mean that you should not take a gap year. If you're thinking about taking a gap year, it's probably not 100% centered around the idea that you're going to spend the time traveling. There are probably some other reasons why you want or need that time away from formal education, and it's not just hopping on a plane. So I also think that if you can't travel, you shouldn't just default into going into post-secondary. And I think that's something that would be a mistake to just say, well, if I can't travel, therefore I am not going to take a gap year. I'm just going to go into post-secondary. There are so many opportunities to learn and to grow over the course of a gap year that can happen domestically or can happen through a very neatly crafted gap year plan. So travel is for sure a great learning tool and I had lots of very formative experiences while I was on the road and around the world and you can get lots of different skills from it. So intercultural competencies, learning different languages, being independent, learning how to navigate new systems. But there are other exciting and memorable ways to develop skills over the course of a gap year. Um, And this podcast is really here to help highlight some of those. Uh, Also, there are lots of reasons why people don't travel on their gap year. So for some people, they find that the finances just aren't worth the expense. So so plane tickets and hotels or hostels and eating out for long periods of time, that can be a costly endeavor. So that can be a barrier for some folks. 
For others, it is um, something very, that makes them very anxious to travel and they are, they're much more comfortable at home. And so they choose to have a gap year domestically. Uh, or maybe they don't feel that they have the skills to be that independent or to be comfortable in a lot of the situations that travel pro- proposes. In other instances, folks might be fearful or ignorant about the world in general outside of the borders of Canada. And so that might be something that is convincing them that maybe travel is not the right piece of their gap year puzzle. Uh, Others still may have different situations when it comes to their status, their citizenship or their passport status or certain visas that they're on that could cause them to have restricted mobility around the world. And all of these different reasons are completely valid for not traveling. So I think it's important that we honor all of those things and we honor that you can have an incredibly productive and exciting gap year without this idea of heading around the world. And I call this kind of the Prince William and the Malia Obama effect, that when we hear about gap years in the media, we often see these jet-setting folks who are heading off to Africa to save the children and I'm using air quotes there because it's one of another one of my pet peeves but it's it's meant for the rich who can hop on a plane and spend that much time going abroad and it's also fed into by the Instagram worthiness of a lot of these adventures and trips because it is exciting and it is very sexy and it is the type of thing that you can post very easily and and boastfully about on your social media platforms. But I'm really excited. We're going to be posting a blog in the next little bit about how to Instagram your whole gap year. Uh, So how do you take those other elements that you're doing and some of the things we're going to talk about in today's podcast and how do you get them onto Instagram and how do you showcase all of the amazing things you're doing, not just the travel. So if I'm to to go anecdotally on what I've noticed over the past 10 years of working with Canadians who are taking gap years, most Canadians, if they travel, will travel between two and three, two weeks and three months. Um, So so it's not the typical idea that you're going to hop on a plane and 12 months later, you're going to unpack your backpack and welcome home. So let's say on average, if we're going between two weeks and three months, let's say the average is five weeks. And let's call a gap year from the beginning of July after your grade 12 year to the end of August after your um, uh, after your gap year. So that's 62 weeks total. So if we figure out what is five weeks out of 62 weeks, that's only 8% of your entire gap year. What? Can you believe that? If you were to travel for five weeks, that's only 8% of your year. So what are you going to do with that other 92%? And that's really what we're diving into pretty deep on this podcast. And I really can't wait to share these ideas with you. A gap year is really about holistic growth. So some people will talk about it in terms of finding yourself, but it goes so much beyond a silent meditation retreat to find enlightenment, enlightenment, and that might be for you, but there are so many other ways to really discover who you are, who you want to be, and how are you going to become that person. And I'm going to speak uh, quickly about the three main activities that make up gap years, as well as some different lenses that you can look through when you are developing a very well-rounded gap year. 
So good gap years are really built on three main activities, and you might have heard me talk about this before, but earn, learn, and give back. So working, getting out of your comfort zone to learn something new, and then finding a way to give back to your community. So if we're looking at the typical Canadian experience, most gap years are built around spending a good chunk of time working. And folks who are working are often working in your more typical jobs that you would see young people working in. So you can think the customer service industry, working in restaurants as a server, working in retail. Those are those are very, very common jobs. And those jobs develop so many incredible skills when it comes to working with people, when it comes to managing your time, when it comes to being flexible, and when it comes to managing lots of information all at once. So those are absolutely critical jobs that will pay off. And as somebody who has hired significant numbers of young people in various jobs, these are the types of jobs that I look for because it means that they have they have a good work ethic and they understand how to interact with other human beings. And I, I can't overemphasize how important these types of jobs are. Some other gap folks do spend some time working in entry-level positions in their field of interest. So for example, if you were considering getting into the world of law, you are not going to be granted permission to enter directly into a court and preside over a case. You have a certain level of ability and skill coming right out of high school or with a little bit of post-secondary instruction. And you might have an entry-level job in a law office. Maybe you're going to be doing some of their filing for them. Or maybe you're going to be working uh, alongside the receptionist. Or maybe there's some other roles within the office that you could be doing. And I don't dismiss these because this is a great opportunity to understand the look and feel of what's happening in a lawyer's office. You get to see what the stress level is like. You get to see the level of human interaction. You get to understand a little bit more about the day-to-day operations and not necessarily what you're seeing on TV when lawyers spring into action. So it gives you a really good dose of what is to come, even though you're not functioning at a very, very high level within the area that you want to work in. So even if you are working for the majority of your gap year, this is only part of your time. Maybe you have a nine to five or maybe you're doing shift work. But in order to truly call it a gap year, you need to go beyond just working in order to make your time truly count. And I'm going to help you explore this in a little bit. So it's not just go in, do your work, and then come home and sit on the couch and wait for your next shift to start. But it's what are you doing in the time outside of the working hours that will really build a robust and meaningful gap year. So other people will find a good chunk of time to volunteer on their gap year, on their gap year. So, and there are certain things that we all think of when we think about volunteering. We think about in the local humane society, we think about volunteering with, in some of the retirement homes, we think of volunteering with little kids. So there are opportunities in those spaces, but sometimes those places are pretty saturated because we think those are the ones that everybody defaults to when they're thinking about different opportunities. 
So it's also interesting to explore and expand beyond those typical volunteer opportunities and looking into other places um, uh, that, that might be really helpful. So there are three ways that you can really look at identifying a, a local volunteer option that might be a good fit for you. And I'm really excited in a couple of weeks, we'll be bringing in uh, Lily, who is going to be talking about volunteerism and the importance of that. Uh, but, but in summary, I'm going to give you three ways to think about it. The first is to find a social issue that you are passionate about and find out what local organizations exist to solve that problem. And then connect with that organization and put your energies and skills behind them. So thinking about something that's really important to you, maybe homelessness is a, is a social challenge that really resonates with you and, and that's something that you would like to impact. Then search online and find out who is doing work in the homelessness sphere in your local community and reach out and find out what volunteer opportunities are available to them. The other second way to find and identify a volunteer opportunity is to do the reverse. So think about what your skills are and then think about who might need those skills. So perhaps you have a particular knack for photography. Could you photograph trash on the streets and provide it to a local climate action group? Or maybe you have skills in web design and just in looking online, you found out that a charity has an absolutely terrible website that needs a little bit of love and maybe you could volunteer to fix it up for your portfolio. So it's actually reverse engineering it, looking at what skills you have and then who might be in need of the skills that you have. And then the third way uh, is to actually look at your local volunteer job board. Uh, most communities will have some place, a central hub where organizations who are seeking help can post the different positions and then those looking to provide help can actually go in and tap in and find one that aligns with what they're looking for. And I really like this because it will take it a step beyond the things that you can just naturally think of in your head because we're limited to what we know. Then there are so many other organizations out there that need additional support that we just may not be aware of. So definitely look into finding that local volunteer hub or job board in your local community that you could tap into. You might have noticed that in the earn, learn, and give back model, I skipped the learn part. I went from earn to give back. And that's because the next set of ideas links to the development and the learning of the whole self. We hear this term being thrown around a lot of lifelong learner. But it's not all about the academics. This isn't about pulling out a new textbook or taking a new course. There are so many ways that you can learn and grow. And to really understand that if we look at who we are as a holistic human being, this helps us to be a little bit more creative in the ways that we choose to learn and the ways that we choose to grow. 
I like to talk about the holistic person because I think sometimes when we're planning our gap years, we're not necessarily aware of all the other things that we should be considering when we are picking activities or when we're looking for things to fit in and around our working hours. So it's really important to to realize that we have different elements of who we are. We have our self which is who we are, um, what our values are, what makes us tick, who, who do we want to be, and spending some time to really think about that and, and reflect on that is going to be a really great opportunity to be able to explore that in yourself on your gap year. And often when we are in the rat race that is high school or the rat race that is university or the workforce, we aren't giving ourselves that time to be reflective to sit down and to journal or to create a gratitude jar or to even just think about an experience that we've had and understand on a deeper level what that means for us and what we've learned about ourselves. So let me give you the example of reflecting after maybe applying to what you thought was your dream job and that you were not successful. I really like this example because it's such a small thing and yet there's so much learning that can come from that. So spending some time after every experience to sit down and think about how do I feel about this situation? What did I learn from this situation? How am I going to carry those learnings forward to future similar situations? What am I going to let go of and what am I going to keep holding on to that's going to serve me in the future? So I really like that when we're thinking about ourself, and that is something that we need to continue as a thread throughout all of the other activities we pick in our gap year. Similarly, tapping into our emotions and understanding what type of activity or what type of experience gives us lots of energy and what is absolutely emotionally draining for us. So keeping a tabs on those types of things will also help lead us to make better decisions in the future. So if we tap into that sense of self, if we tap into that emotional energy, that's really important for us to have good choices in our future. When we're looking at ways to learn over the course of the gap year, the automatic one that we think of is the mental learning. So are there certain things that you do want to learn and who can teach them to you? So the default is thinking of an academic course. Maybe you need to upgrade a course or you want to figure out if quantum computing is really a thing for you and you want to take an online course. There are so many resources online and we'll link to a couple in the show notes of things like Coursera where there are some free online courses. There are paid courses. There's opportunities to work towards certificates. So lots of different ways to stay engaged academically or in a more formalized setting. We also see that people on their gap year like to acquire new skills. These are those little itches that you have that you're like, ooh, I wonder what it would be like to learn or wouldn't it be nice if I could? And so some examples of things like this that you might want to engage in some formal learning around is maybe you want to take up carpentry. Maybe you've always wanted to build your own cabinet and so you can find a course around that or jewelry making. 
Maybe you want to learn a new language. This is a phenomenal time to spend some additional time to focus on that. And there are tons of free learning resources online, like like the BBC languages or uh, Babbel, or there's lots of paid opportunities too. And similarly, learning an instrument. Why not spend some time and learn how to play the piano or the ukulele or the guitar, finding something that you've always wanted to do, but just never have had the time to do. Similarly, you can tap into those things that you've had to let go of because you were too busy with your academics. So maybe that's running or playing the piano or drawing. So what are those things that you've had to leave behind that you'd like to to pull back in to, to help you continue to grow and learn and improve? Uh, maybe you have kind of a weird thing that you're you've always been interested in, but you you don't feel it's going to lead to a necessarily a career for you. There's still value in exploring those things, and I'm going to use the example of my husband in this one. He is an odd duck, and I love him to bits. But every year he takes on a new artistic endeavor just to try it. So one year he took up tap dancing. He's not going to be a professional tap dancer, but why not? He learned to play the steel drum another year, and this year he's focusing on learning how to become a DJ. So there are things out there that aren't necessarily directly related to your career, but are just interesting to you. And I think learning to be curious and learning to figure out how to satisfy that curiosity is such a valuable skill. There may be other things that are interesting to you academically or artistically or things that are um, interesting to you from a social justice perspective. Is there something happening in the world that you want to learn more about? Maybe you want to learn about how the stock market actually works. I don't know. Just think about those things that you've always been curious about and now you have the opportunity to explore in a little bit more, more in depth. The other pieces to think about are your physical well-being. So what are you going to do to stay physically active? And understanding what type of physical activity you like is going to be so valuable. So are you looking to do something solo or with a group? Are you looking to do something indoors or outdoors? Are you looking for somebody to lead you in something or do you want to be independent? I think it's really important to identify those types of things as long as well as as the food or the fuel you're putting in your body? What are the things that your body is craving or what does it not like? Um, And how are you using that fuel? Uh, So for me, as an example, I think it's really important for me to get into the woods and hike and get out there and connect with nature and fresh air. I like having independent activities. I like having the time for reflection. I like taking a look at the changing seasons. It it really grounds me, um, as well as it gives me an opportunity to explore new places and to share the things I love with the people that I bring along with me on these hikes sometimes. So it's important to, to find something in your gap year that is going to connect to your physicality or your physical being. Now, don't forget how important the social element 
of planning a gap year is. People think that they're going to get a job and that's going to be enough social stimulation for them. And that's not necessarily the, the, the case. Because often as a gapper working, you are going to be in an environment with different peers who have different priorities than you. And you may not relate to them in the same way that you related to your peers in high school. Maybe you just have different interests. Maybe you're at a different stage in your life. But there are opportunities to find other ways to connect socially. So how are you going to connect with your peers from high school beyond just following them on social media? Are there other ways that you can stay connected with them? Are you going to take a road trip to go visit them? Are you going to have a weekly video conference? What are the ways you're going to stay connected with them? But also, how are you going to expand your friend network? This is something that becomes increasingly more difficult as we get older uh, because we're not in forced situations where we need to make new friends. So figuring out how to expose yourself to new people who have similar interests is going to be a really, really great way to do that. Um, And different ways that you can do that. You can join, let's say, for example, a sports team. Many house leagues will have opportunities for people to sign up as an individual or a solo person. And then you get added to a team that is short on players or they will make a team entirely made up of individuals. So it's a really great way to not only stay physically active, but to connect socially with new people. There's other great resources out there uh, on Kijiji or on meetups.com. These are opportunities to find groups of people that like similar things to you. So whether that's anime or playing Beatles tunes on the ukulele, there's probably a group of people out there locally to you that are going to be doing that similar thing. So it's a great way to connect your interests, to develop new skills, and to uh, create new social connections and make new friends. So I think that's really, really uh, a cool thing to explore and intentionally build into your gap year. So you have that social part of who you are also fulfilled during your year because you never know where your next best friend or your romantic connection is going to come from. And the more you meet new people and surround yourself with interesting people who have similar likes or values, you're going to really, really be able to, to connect on a different level with them. And speaking of connection, there is also part of us that is a spiritual being. And I don't want to necessarily connect this with religion, although it may be connected for you with religion. But we as as human beings, we do have a spiritual side to us. And it's a feeling of connectedness either to other human beings or to the land or to a higher power of some sort. And I think that it's really neat on your gap year to explore this, especially in the rebellious teens years where we can start to question things in a different way. But how do we fill that bucket of spirituality within ourselves? And there's lots of really fun, different retreat style opportunities that you could tap into for your gap year. Maybe you want to do a yoga retreat. Maybe you want to do a clean eating retreat. Or there's really niche things out there as well. Like if you are into music, there's a songwriter's retreat where you could head away and and over the course of the weekend, write a song and collaborate with other songwriters. Or do a memoir workshop where you're going to learn to to write your own story or even just heading out on a canoe trip and getting out there and connecting with nature. So there's lots of different ways to fulfill that spiritual side of yourself as well. 
Another thing that is not necessarily always explored to its fullest extent when it comes to a gap year is looking at having some sort of large scale project that you're going to work on over the course of your gap year. Now, as part of your high school curriculum, you probably had projects and maybe you had one ISU or independent project that you worked on that maybe took you about a month. But let's expand beyond that and let's expand beyond just simply volunteering and taking an entire project from start to finish. So perhaps there is a particular social justice issue in your local area that you see or you're particularly passionate about and you want to take on a project that would endure the entire time of your gap year. So let's take a look at perhaps the issue of uh, young mothers in your community. So you might realize that this is something that you consider an issue in your community and you would like to do something to support these young women who are having kids. And so you'll probably do some research and find out what the need is. Let's say you went and you talked to the organizations within your community who support young moms. And you find out that there's actually a huge shortage in funding for this particular demographic and providing services to them. And so your project might be a large scale fundraiser slash awareness campaign around the issue in your local community. So maybe you're going to spend your entire gap year planning a large benefit of some kind. So whether this is um, perhaps a an event of some kind, it could be a fundraising dinner, it could be a, a fair of some sort, it could be a door to door campaign. So whatever it is, but actually seeing through the entire process of a large-scale project and in the end then returning any funds raised back to the organizations that you spoke with. And now these large-scale projects are invaluable when it comes to developing skills because you're really going to be working on project management, you're going to be working on marketing, you're going to be developing those communication skills, and you're going to be able to, to actually vision something from the very, very inception all the way through to the end of the project. So something really interesting to consider on your gap year. And it's it's a beautiful time to spend a considerable chunk of your gap year to create something and to have that entire process. The second example I want to give you is uh, delving into the world of entrepreneurship. And we're going to have an upcoming episode that's completely dedicated to entrepreneurship on your gap year. But this is something else that you can definitely explore. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to have to start the world's next tech startup and have something extremely complicated. This could be something as simple as starting a lawn mowing and snow removal business within your community. Or it could be perhaps selling... Uh, a product that you are creating. Perhaps you get into creating soaps or jewelry or some sort of craft that you're able of, able to do. Or even still, going beyond that, perhaps you might have a skill that you want to start to teach others. So perhaps you're going to start a business on training um, those in retirement homes how to use uh, digital technology to communicate with their families who are elsewhere in the world. So those are the types of things that you can consider when you're looking at a, a large scale project over the course of your gap year. So just something else to consider. So I hope I've given you a couple things to think about of the other ways you need to round out your gap year to have that maximum amount of fulfilling opportunities over the course of your year. And so if we 
continue to loop it back to the overall picture that earn, learn, and give back model is a great way to start. And then looking through the lens, how are you going to develop yourself? How are you going to stay social? How are you going to stay physical? And how are you going to uh, spiritually connect with all of the things that are going on? And if you can look through all those lenses and be creative in finding opportunities that will help check all of those boxes, you for sure will walk away with an incredible plan for your entire year. If you go to cangap.ca slash blog and find this episode, we have a free template for helping you to plan a balanced year. So it's a really great way to get started expanding your expectations of your year and to brainstorm all of the things that you've always wanted to try out. So make sure you go and you find the download for this under episode seven, and we will make sure that that resource is available to you. If you need some additional support when it comes to planning a well-rounded year, we do have our Gap Year Planning Toolkit, which will take you not only through picking activities, but also go beyond that into budgeting and structuring a calendar year and building in accountability and getting some professional support on developing that plan. Then you can definitely check out that toolkit online. We will link to it in the show notes, but it's a great way to be guided through the entire process to make sure that you don't miss a beat and you don't miss any of those important details in planning your gap year. So as you can see, a gap year isn't necessarily pack up a backpack, buy a ticket to Europe, and then go around and travel for the entire year. Those experiences are definitely valuable, but they often make up a very small part or they don't exist at all in a gap year and yet you are still on a gap year. So I hope that you're leaving with some suggestions, some tips and tricks and ways to look at your gap year in a completely new way. So even if you're not hopping on a plane, until next time, keep on adventuring. (laughs) 